the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning. You're listening to Wake Up on this beautiful Monday morning. We're so glad that you are tuning your heart to the truth with us today. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damien Collado. Hey, guys. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yeah. It is Monday. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. Spring's not far away. That's right. That's right. No, you can tell not. by the chill in the air. <laughs> yeah, I think old man winter doesn't want to go away. That's I think you're right. I think you're right. Well, today is also the feast of Saint Leander of Seville, and today is the 10th anniversary of Pope Francis's papacy. Yeah. Yay. So, well, remember to continue to pray for our Holy Father, in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. May your unfailing compassion, O Lord, cleanse and protect your church. And since without you she cannot stand secure, may she always be governed by your grace. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, St. Leander of Seville, pray for us. Pray for us. We have a great show for you today, starting off with David Tisdale in six minutes. He's with the University of Southern Miscommunications, but he's also a parishioner at Sacred Heart and Holy Rosary Churches in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And today we're talking about such a fun event coming up, the Irish Italian Festival. We've been hearing about this with Terry Dixon from the Diocese of Biloxi Gulf Pine newspaper update. So we'll get a little bit more information about this wonderful festival. I was in Slidell yesterday, kind of running some errands, and boy, there was a big St. Patrick's Day parade yesterday. It was a lot of fun. You can feel the excitement in the air as we approach St. Patrick's Day, which is this Friday. In 18 minutes, Alan Migliorato joins us. He is the co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. And every Monday, he joins us to talk about raising Catholic teens in today's world. It's always a wonderful conversation with Alan. And in 35 minutes, Dr. Tina Holland joins us. She's the president of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University in Baton Rouge, also known as FranU. She'll give us an update. And in 48 minutes, Matt Estrade joins us, founder of Catholic Aging and author of Peace with Dementia Rosary. He'll give us an update and tell us a little bit about a little more about what he's doing for the month of March. So he always has some wonderful information. Looking forward to today's guests, and Damien, looking forward to your weather report. <laughs> I don't know about you, but we got some weather last night. Yeah, a little rain uh, snuck yeah. in uh, before the day was over with, and uh, didn't stay very long, but it was good to see a little moisture hit the ground just to help out the plants <laughs> as things start to grow. Uh, it is going to be chilly today, though, because when that rain blew through, the north wind shifted, 
and boy did it get chilly fast and winds are going to blow at about 10 to 15 miles an hour today from the north as i said no rain in the forecast actually for the next three days so that's nice uh highs only going to be 68 but it's going to feel a lot cooler than that in fact if you step outside right now you'll you'll get a slap in the face and realize whoa what happened to the warm temperatures but uh they're not going to last too long just today and tomorrow uh and the low is going to be in the mid 40s and temperatures in and around the area right now 54 degrees in new orleans as well as home at thibodeau over in biloxi it's 50 degrees and the cool spots mandeville and baton rouge both reporting 49 degrees and as i said winds are blowing at about 10 to 15 miles an hour so prepare accordingly uh, don't go too far we have your gospel coming up and also a little info on the italian irish festival here on Wake Up. Good Monday morning. I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel is taken from Luke chapter 4. Jesus said to the people in the synagogue at Nazareth, Amen, I say to you, no prophet is accepted in his own native place. Indeed, I tell you, there were many widows in Israel in the days of Elijah when the sky was closed for three and a half years and a severe famine spread over the entire land. It was to none of these that Elijah was sent, but only to a widow in Zarephath in the land of Sidon. Again, there were many lepers in Israel during the time of Elisha the prophet, yet not one of them was cleansed, but only Naaman the Syrian. When the people in the synagogue heard this, they were all filled with fury. They rose up, drove him out of the town, and led him to the brow of the hill on which their town had been built, to hurl him down headlong. But he passed through the midst of them and went away. Thank you, Father Chris Decker, for today's gospel. It's 8 past the hour on Wake Up. Thank you so much for all of our wonderful donors who donated during our drive time on our fundraiser last week. We had a wonderful week, and we just wanted to take the time to say thank you to you. David Tisdale joins us now. He's our first guest for today's show. He is working for the University of Southern Mississippi Communications, but he's also a parishioner at Sacred Heart and Holy Rosary in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And he's also a busy person because he also (laughs) takes the time to help out St. Thomas Aquinas Church in Hattiesburg. And today we are talking about the upcoming Irish Italian Festival in Hattiesburg. Good morning, David. Thank you so much for being with us today. Good morning. I appreciate the opportunity. Absolutely. So we've been hearing we've been hearing about the Irish Italian Festival coming up on Saturday, March 18th, from Terry Dixon in the Diocese of Biloxi. Kind of give us a little bit more details about what can, we can expect on this anticipated event. Well, this is the 20th annual Irish Italian Festival, and and of course, in the last uh, couple of years, we've. Uh, um, um, not put took kind of a time out because of COVID, but uh, uh, we're 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 back. Uh, the event is back. It's one of South Mississippi's most popular events, and it will be held this Saturday, uh, as you said, this Saturday, March eighteenth, uh, immediately following Mass from five to ten p.m. and that will be in the parking lot directly behind the church, which is located at. Uh, 3117 West 4th Street, and the church is right next door to 
USM's Pete Taylor Park Baseball Park and across from the um, the USM's uh, Pain Center and Reed Green Coliseum. Uh, admission uh, admission to the event is free, and we welcome everyone, as we do every year. Um, and we'll have uh, tickets uh, for sale uh, at the entrance to, in order to, um, uh, to get food and beverages that will be available at the event. Mm-hmm. Well, there are so many wonderful events happening this week and when it comes to St. Patrick's Day in the Diocese of Biloxi. I know along the coast there's St. Patrick's Day parades happening uh, on Friday and Saturday. But let's also talk about the wonderful chance to win a trip to Lourdes, France. So tell us a little bit about what we could win when we attend this event. Great, yes. Well, uh, um, uh Particularly on, uh, on the, the festival's menu, we've got great food, uh, music from Maidwood Street uh, um, uh, Music Group, who performed for us in the last few years, and uh, lots of great fellowships. There'll be uh, Irish stew, spaghetti meatballs, sausage dogs, pizza, cotton candy, uh, games for children, adult beverages. Um, we'll also have a silent auction and an art show. And then, of course, one of the most uh, anticipated things is the raffle, as you mentioned, that's for a chance to win uh, a trip to Lourdes and to Fatima and looking at in the fall of 2024, and that would be um, traveling with Father Mark and Father David. Um, and if you can't, if for some reason you can't join them to make the trip, you also can opt for the $3,000 cash prize. So everybody's pretty excited wow. about that. Most definitely. Well, David, I've never heard of an Irish-Italian festival kind of meshing together. Is there a strong presence over in Hattiesburg? Yes, well, uh, it's, uh, it's a spirited presence, and you uh, visitors uh, will definitely uh, see those themes uh, join together. Uh, makes for a great time uh, for this event, and as I said, we're, we're excited to, uh, after uh, having to... Um, put a hold on the event for a couple of years. We're uh, excited to um, have it come back and want to give a shout out to uh, our coordinator, Kim Bush, who has really Mm -hmm. done an awesome job over all these years to help make this event, um, as I mentioned, one of the most popular events in uh, South Mississippi during the spring. So we appreciate all her hard work. And if anyone has uh, questions there, um, welcome to give Kim a call. Um, her number is 601-299-2815. Um, or you can call the church at um, 601-264-5192 with any questions. Um, Great, also Dave. want to mention that also want to mention that the um, uh, the silent auction uh, will uh, be in the student center and the art show will be in the parish center. Great. Thank you so much, David Tisdale, University of Southern Miss, and parishioner over at Sacred Heart, Holy Rosary in Hattiesburg, and of course, St. Thomas Aquinas. Thank you so much, David, for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. Great. Thank you so much. Well, you can help support St. Vincent de Paul over in the Diocese of Baton Rouge for their fill a prescription for the needy. Today, they are serving jambalaya salad, bread, and dessert for $10. It's happening from 1030 until 130 over in front of the Baton Rouge Clinic 
off of Perkins Road. So definitely go and check that out. And if you have any events you want to submit to us, it's not too late to submit your fish fry or your Lenten mission that you're having over at your parish. You can do that absolutely free at our website at ccmedia.live. Click on events and news and we will post it on our calendar. And if you're looking for a fish fry, we have a lot. So there's definitely one probably in your listening area. And you can check that out, like I said, at ccmedia.live. And uh, real quick, you can also check out our Advent at Sea. We're cruising with Father Chris Decker for a four-night Caribbean cruise this Advent in December Go to ccmedia.live and you can check out right on our homepage more information for our Avenet Sea Cruise with Catholic Community Media and Father Chris Decker. When we return for the break, Alicia is going to be talking to Alan Migliorato. Alan is a co-author of Failing Forward for Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens today. Stay with us. It's 15 past the hour on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for March 13th. Today we celebrate Saint Leander of Seville. Leander grew up to be a fervent Catholic, although his family was heavily influenced by Arianism, a heresy that denied the divinity of Christ. He entered a monastery as a young man and spent three years in prayer and study. At the end of that tranquil period, he was made a bishop. For the rest of his life, he worked strenuously to fight against heresy. The death of the anti-Catholic king in 586 helped Leander's cause. He and the new king worked hand-in-hand to restore orthodoxy and renew a sense of morality. Leander succeeded in persuading many Arian bishops to change their loyalties. He helped Catholicism to flourish in Spain at a time of political and religious upheaval. As Bishop of Seville, Leander introduced the practice of reciting the Nicene Creed at Mass, seeing it as a way to help reinforce the faith of his people. Leander died around the year 600. In Spain, he is honored as a doctor of the Church. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. Good morning. It's 19 minutes after the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Catholic Community Radio. I'm Alicia Quibino with Damian Collado and Gabby Smith. We're joined this morning as we are every Monday by our friend Alan Migliorato. Alan is the founder of Adventure Youth Leadership Formation Training. He is the author of The Manly Art of Raising a Daughter and co-author of Failing Forward Leadership Lessons for Catholic Teens Today. Good morning, Alan. Good morning, guys. So happy to be back. We're so happy to have you. So so you sprung forward, so that's good. You weren't waiting for our call at 6 a.m., right? No, no, no. I, honestly, I don't know how I slept so late today. Like, I don't, I, I was like, why? I woke up at like 7. I normally don't get up that late. And um, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I need to rush and get out of the house and everything. So I'm here. Okay, well, good. Well, we're glad you're here. We're glad you're here. And, you know, Alan, you hear people talking uh, uh, in society, I guess, talking about kids and what's with these kids today. Yeah, and, you know, it's one of those things where you you, you want to say, 
snap out of it. You know, because there was a, there's a quote from Socrates, and, and I didn't know it was from Socrates. And, and you know, I, I have a radio show down here that I do uh, once a month, and, and we, just, we just did this topic. And, and the girl that, I, that is my, kind of my partner on the show, uh, my co-host, she read this quote, and she's like, who do you think said that? And it was something like, you know, kids today have no respect for authority. You know, they, um, they, they, they talk when they're not supposed to. They speak up against authority. And, and I was like, she said, who do you think said that? And I was like, oh, my gosh. Like, I, she's like, well, just tell me, like, what era do you think that was said? I said, <laughs> probably, like, 1950, 1960. She's like, yeah, it was Socrates. Oh, my god. So, goodness. like, I think we've been going on with this for, you know, it's every generation thinks that the newer, newer generation coming up is a little bit more rude and, mm-hmm. and a little bit less respectful. And, and there's something to that. There is a little bit to that. Um, but I, it really is, like, I always put, point the finger at the parents to begin with. Like, of you know, course, yeah. it's, it, it depends, you know, and, and how you raise your children. And as she was quoting Proverbs on our show, and, of course, I quoted Ernest Goes to Camp, and we, <laughs> it was like, as the twig is bent, so grows the tree. And, you know, and <laughs> she's like, you know, but it makes sense. You know, like kids, the, every, every generation tolerates something more. Right? Mm-hmm. And what we, what we tolerate with one generation, the next generation will accept it as, as the way it's supposed to be. Yeah. And so I think it, 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 we shouldn't be afraid to be parents to our children. Too often uh, we, we want to be friends. We, and it's okay to be friendly, but there's a difference between being friendly and kind and being a friend because yes. you lose that respect. You lose our God-given authority when it's time to say, hey, we're not, you're not doing that. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's got to mm-hmm. start at a young age. A lot of times you know, parents wait till their, their kids are uh, teenagers before they try to correct things because they're about to leave the house and they're like, I don't want anyone to think I raised you this way, which <laughs> I did. So we're going to make sure that we, you know, we correct all these wrongs right now. Yes. Yes. You're right. You know, Alan, it, speaking about manners, it's so interesting because, you know, in general, I think people in the South are known for their good manners. Would you say that? I guess those of us in the well, South would sure, agree. Yeah. Yeah, well, people up North yeah, say it yeah, all the time. I'll right? finish that thought, but for, for the most part, yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> well, and so how, how can parents raise children with good manners? So let, let's say we're, we're, we're forget about the teens now. Let's talk about little ones and, and really instilling those good manners and, and the, the polite nature. Uh, what, what are some tips for doing that? Well, first of all, like, so just to kind of wrap up your thought, I, yes, I agree in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, but you'll, you'll hear Southerners say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you, please. Mm-hmm. Those are fantastic, right? But mm-hmm. you can also create little monsters where they, they know how to manipulate. Mm-hmm. So, like, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, thank you so much. So then we have Eddie Haskell syndrome, you know, where, you, <laughs> where you're walking in the house and, and the parents love you, but as soon as the parents are gone, now you're this little terror. Mm-hmm. So. I, what I think is it's really important to teach kids not only what to say, but why are we saying it? You know, it's not just to put, put off the impression of being polite and having manners or to make your parents look good. It's to, it's to really help the other people that you're speaking with feel respected yes. and, and know that you, that you respect them. And, and once we can instill that, that feeling, not, not, it's more than a feeling. I hate to say we feel a certain way because then we're living on feelings. Mm-hmm. But once we can instill that, you know, that, that, thought in, into our children of, of knowing that they're saying something to somebody because we want them to feel respected. And it's not only about us looking a certain way, it's about them, you know, knowing that, that we have respect and honor for the people that we're speaking with. Mm-hmm. I think then, then it bleeds over into, yes, now we've taught a lesson. But if we just teach them, you know, what, to wear a red bow tie and everybody likes you, and then once you take it off, now you're this little demon, like, <laughs> that's, not, that's not a good thing either. So we've got to teach them why. I think that's so important. 
Yes, yes, I agree. I agree. And I think we all know a little Eddie Haskell, don't we? Everybody's had a friend oh, who's absolutely. an Eddie Haskell. Several. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, the reason the reason I talk, I picked that topic is I did a talk not too long ago, it was maybe a month ago, to this eighth grade uh, class about confirmation, just to kind of get them planting the seed about, hey, confirmation is coming up. And anytime I read scripture, I ask everybody to stand. I don't care if it's Old Testament, New Testament, like whatever it is, mm-hmm. out of respect for our Lord, I ask everybody, please stand up so that we read the scripture. And so everybody stood up except these three girls, and they weren't right next to each other. So like, I, caught, I waited. I won't start until they're standing, you know, and I caught, I caught eye contact with the first one, and she kind of rolled her eyes and stood up. And the mm-hmm. second one, like, she tried to hide, but I, like, leaned a little bit to see her, and she stood up. And the third one, like, made eye contact with me and just stayed there. So I just took a deep breath and waited, you know, I smiled at her, and she finally stood up. And I said, okay, thanks, now we can start. And, and, I, and I, did the, I read the scripture, I did my talk, and when the talk was over, uh, we had like a small group discussion, and then afterwards, like everyone was kind of wrapping up, getting ready to go home, this little bit of free time before the parents showed up. I went over to her and I said, hey, I said, I noticed you didn't stand up when I asked you to stand up. I said, I just want you to be 100% honest with me. I'm not mad at you, I just want to know, like, why did you do that? Mm-hmm. She goes, well, I just didn't feel like it. Oh and, you know, my first reaction is going, really? You didn't feel like standing up for our Lord and Savior's words? But mm. I, said, I said, okay, well, thank you so much for being honest with me. And I'm proud of you because there's a lot of times we have to do things that we don't want to do or understand why we're doing them. So I'm glad that you saw the bigger picture. So wow. I, I walked away, and then she went up to this uh, one of the other leaders and goes, that guy doesn't like me. <gasps> no. <laughs> and, and I heard her, and I said, not really, but I love you. you know? <laughs> so like, like now, and now, so here's part. It's been about a month, right? And I've seen this girl because I go, I go help out with the youth group once in a while, and I see this girl every once in a while, and she makes sure to tell all the other leaders, "Hey, tell Alan I said hi. Tell Alan, tell Alan I said bye." And it's, it's not. I'm not doing anything. I just kind of called her. I called right, her out on right. something respectfully, and mm-hmm. I gave her respect. And so many times we want respect as adults. But we're not willing to show that respect, even because we, we get our our feelings hurt or we've been offended. Like, how dare she not stand up? Mm-hmm. She's learning, and we're and we're here to teach them and to train them. She may not be getting that at home. Uh, you know, that's that's a great point, Alan. Well, and and I think sometimes it can be hard, though, the eye roll and the staying. Didn't you just want to go over there and say, "Stand up right now"? I told you this is why we're doing this. <laughs> I, I did, but see what what that does is when I react, when I when I my my emotions are manipulated by the emotions of a teenager, mm-hmm. I'm reacting and I'm not responding. Right. So I've got to think it through and think if I react this way, what what's going to happen? Everybody else is going to shut down and they're just going to think that they're afraid of me. So yes. I, I don't want necessarily. I mean, there's a time for that, but that wasn't the time. You know, if oh, it was sure. like last night, I had this kid in youth group just being rude, and I was like, look, man. I, I, I got to call your parents. I, I love you. I just can't have you here tonight. And he's like, no, no, I'm sorry. I'm like, well, I mean, it's got to be, you've got to be sorry, and, and not because you're afraid to go home or to get in trouble, but because, you you know, you disrespected me. Right. And he's like, yeah, I understand. So, like, there, there's a time for that. You know, there's a time where we've had enough, mm-hmm. but that was a, a bit early for me to have had enough, you okay. know? So, I gotcha. um, we give a little grace. Good. That's good. <laughs> Alan, I got a question. There are some dioceses in Louisiana, and I'm sure elsewhere, that are changing confirmation dates to the eighth grade. What are your thoughts about it? You're working with a lot of teenagers. Are there, Would they be prepared? I know back in the day, I think I made my confirmation in about the eighth grade, uh, but then they waited till you were older. Now they're saying the church feels we got to get them while they're young. What are your thoughts? 
Man, this is a whole different show, but like uh, mm-hmm. confirmation, uh, the sacraments are efficacious, so they mm-hmm. do what they say they're going to do. And if yeah. we believe that confirmation strengthens the gifts of baptism, I'm, I'm probably going to get a lot of, you know, uh, argument on this from people or people calling in. But I think it should happen in like the fourth grade or fifth wow. grade. Like, I think wow. it should happen even earlier mm-hmm. because yeah. if we're going to let, you know, confirmation truly strengthen those gifts, if we truly believe what the, con- what the sacrament says it does, yes. then we do it earlier and we allow it to, to blossom. We plant that seed earlier. Mm-hmm. But I understand also, like, we also we do it in ninth grade here, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. like, uh, at, my, at the parish I'm in. So when we see wow. kids, you know, they get so involved with these other things that they push it aside. Um, and then I, and, and there's, a, there's a case for that, too. It's like they have to choose, um, you know, but as a lot of teenagers do, they're choosing not to or they're choosing to go to pair. Ours is like a, a 12-week mm-hmm. uh, course that we have them mm-hmm. with their parents at our parish once a week. Wow. So the parents don't like that, and they're trying to find other parishes that don't make the parents show up, oh and they goodness. do it once a month. Wow. So, you know, it's it's about, I think it's really about um, understanding what the sacraments are. The sacraments mm-hmm. aren't going to get us into a relationship with Jesus. Jesus gets in, us into a relationship with the sacraments. Mm-hmm. And we've got to start teaching our kids that from a young age. That's right. That's right. Wow. That's great. You know, because I always think about confirmation is when, when you're at the age where you choose. Um, but, I, but I love that point that you made. Alan, we're out of time always. More that we could visit with you about. Tell our listeners where they can find out about you and your wonderful ministry. If you want to send hate mail, it's, you can look up Adventure Catholic on Facebook or you can go to AdventureCatholic.com and disagree with me all you want. No haters here. Thank you, Alan Migliorato, <laughs> AdventureCatholic.com. It is half past the hour on Wake Up. And a happy Monday, everyone. 35 after the hour. and So glad you could join us. And uh, don't forget, if you want to surprise your, your crew at the office, school, or just your family, you can get your very own St. Patrick's Day King Cake at the Heavenly Donut. They're going to be green king cakes, and the donuts are too in the store on Friday. It's the only day everything is going to be green. That's pretty fun. Cool. So it should be fun. So it, it might be kind of cool to surprise the kids and uh, your work co-workers uh, with, a, with a special little treat. And it's still going to taste great. That's it's just right. going to... Mm, be a little right. green and in we, honor of St. Patrick's Day. We want to thank Shane and Kara Castile at the Heavenly Donut for providing us with breakfast every morning of our pledge drive last week. Delicious mm-hmm. is an understatement, yeah. I think. Yeah, and uh, they got a variety of things. Yep, you're right about that. <laughs> so go by and check them out. In the meantime, we are now with Dr. Tina Holland, president of Franciscan Missionaries of Our Lady University, better known as Fran U here in Baton Rouge. And today we're going to talk about a bioethic speaker who was there this past week, Thursday and Friday. Uh, she was uh, Angela Franks and a professor of theology at St. John Seminary in Boston. And good morning, Dr. Holland. How are you? Good morning. I'm very well. How about yourself? Doing great. Getting adjusted to the time change, <laughs> as I always, it takes a few days for me. Uh, but uh, tell us a little bit about the bioethics uh, uh, series that uh, and lectures that took place uh, Thursday and Friday. They were um, really, really quite good and incredibly well attended. Um, our lecture room that uh, we use now, the biological uh, learning um, uh, room is 
holds, oh gosh, 150 or so people, and we at le- had at least that many people, standing room only, on Thursday night hmm. to listen to Dr. Angela Franks talk about um, gender dysphoria and some of the uh, kind of disturbing uh, um, approaches to um, responding to young people who are uncomfortable or um, maybe confused about um, their sexual identity uh, or their gender identity. She talked about the concepts of gender and sex and how they kind of are, are changing over time. Um, but most importantly, she spoke uh, about some of the positive things that the Catholic Church and the Catholic teachings give us to address in a healthy way um, some of the, uh, what they call gender dysphoria, um, ways of affirming the way folks were created, right? Mm-hmm. The um, teaching what she calls integration of, um, uh, of the whole human person, um, that this whole idea of tra- transgenderism is contrary to the concept of integration, mm-hmm. um, that the, the body and the soul and the person are really all one thing. Uh, and and not to separate the the body from the person, and just you know trying to change it depending upon how one feels at a at a given moment, because the the changes are are permanent. Yes. Yeah. And we're seeing some really horrible um, um, effects, uh, regrets, and you know some some permanent changes in in people's lives that. Uh, they'll never be able to function in the way God created them again because they've they've made these changes. Yeah. So, it, it, but, but what, was, what was great was that she just, um, she approached it from a scholarly standpoint and not uh, from a, uh, an adversarial standpoint, but, but one which really is, um, you know, from the perspective of being commanded to love. And, and rightly so. And my my question has always been where, at what point or what causes one to to think that uh, a guy is a girl and a girl is a guy? You, I mean, wh- did y'all even get into that, or uh, is is it more of a uh, a mental slash emotional situation that the the individual is experiencing to want to change their gender? That's exactly it, according to Dr. Franks. Um, and a lot of it is uh, social pressure, that hmm. there's a lot of affirming that's going on with adolescents who claim um, that they were, they really are, say, a, a, a male caught in a woman's body or a woman caught in a man's body, um, that uh, it, it it's um, uh, it, it really is a psychosocial uh, phenomenon that has developed over time, but actually has, is is contrary to some of what we used to think were really radical thoughts. So, mm-hmm. for example, when we used to think that, well, gender, you know, whether or not I 
um, act like a girl or or act like a boy is all a social construct that I'm masculine because I, I wear pants and play sports um, was something that was looked down upon by um, feminists back in the 70s and not, you know, they said, don't stereotype, don't stereotype. But now we're using those stereotypes to say that is justification to change my gender. Yeah, that, that, that is a, a movement that really needs to be stymied. I don't understand why. And, and it's, what's really a shame, it's become a political issue. Actually, there, these, these young people are becoming pawns to try to uh, have a political statement. And that's, that's totally a shame. I, I think I remember when I was growing up. There were girls who played with us. Mm-hmm. We, some might have called them a tomboy. Hey, they grew up to be the, the, the high school prom queen, you know, years yeah. later. So how do you – what would have happened then if they just said, oh, maybe you ought to be a boy? Well, an interesting um, uh, comparison that she presented was she said, you know, this idea of transgenderism is linked to – somebody saying they don't like their body, right? They, they're a boy and they don't like being a boy, so they want to change their body to be that of a girl. And she said that's a lot like anorexia, where hmm. somebody's got um, an unhealthy view of their body, and so they want to keep changing it and changing it and changing it until they're satisfied with it. And we don't affirm that, right? We don't right. say, well... Uh, okay, no. you can continue to starve yourself. Um, so why would we allow mutilization of somebody's body because they're they're uncomfortable um, or don't see themselves as beautiful in the way that they were created? Um, I I really do think though that there is a lot of social pressure that mm-hmm. that leads to that. I I agree with you when I was. Um, a midshipman at the Naval Academy. I was obviously uh, not your typical girl, <laughs> very athletic, competitive, loved mathematics, um, and uh, did those kinds of things that were very boyish in the, um, in the 70s and 80s. And, you know, I went to see my chaplain and said, uh, you know, there's some gay women in my, in my class, and I'm just wondering, is, is, is this something I need to be you know, am I going to be that way or am I that way? And, and you know, he was so loving and he said, you know, look, you're created to be a girl. And you're, uh, you know, you just happen to be a girl that is very um, competitive and athletic and likes mathematics. And <laughs> had, he, had he encouraged me in the other way, I wouldn't be married for 38 years and have four kids and three grandkids and have the wonderful blessed life that I have. And I wonder if I had gone to somebody today, would I still have that same sort of loving and healthy guidance? Dr. Tina Holland, thank you also for that testimony. I think that's a a true example. And the key word is love. We have to love everyone, no matter what they're thinking or where they are currently in life. Thank you for being with us. Uh, go to franu.edu if you want to learn more. We have Matt Estrade coming up next.
It is 48 past the hour. You're tuning your heart to the truth on Wake Up This Morning. I'm Gabby Smith, along with Alicia Quibido and Damian Collado. Our next guest is Matt Estrade. Matt is the founder of Catholic Aging and author of Peace with Dementia Rosary. Good morning, Matt. Thank you so much for being with us today. Hey, Gabby. Good morning. Now, I wanted to start off by saying, you know, we have been talking about how you are the founder of Catholic Aging. Can you tell our listeners a little bit more about that? Because that's kind of new in the development of what you're up to. It is. Yeah. Sometime sometime during this past fall, 2022, I started realizing that, you know, through the grace of God that, you know, while Peace with Dementia Rosary has been the focus, there are meeting so many people who are caring for an aging spouse or a, an aging um, parent, uh, but dementia is not involved. Praise God! So, um, so I'm starting to broaden the uh, broaden the ministry to be called Catholic Aging with the Peace with Dementia Rosary. So people can still go to dementiarosary.com, but they can also type in CatholicAging.com. It will take you to the the same site. So, um, so. Dementia will always be very important, but we're going to expand that so that so many other other caregivers who may feel like, well, my loved one doesn't have dementia, so I can't really get much out of this. But the fact is, we're all trying to age in right in right order in our relationship with God. We all want to age with grace, and that includes you know everybody in our church and even those we're trying to bring into our church. So that is the uh, really the impetus for that. Most definitely. Thank you so much for that. Let's talk about some things that are coming up with your ministry. You have some monthly images and tips that you're going to drop into parish bulletins. Kind of talk about that in your parish outreach with your ministry. Yeah, a, uh, a friend in Metairie um, is, who's a graphic designer is helping us create sort of a, it's like a th- picture of three by four uh, image that has some kind of tip, one or two sentences on it, and then leads people to DementiaRosary.com or CatholicAging.com. And we're, what we're hoping is that each of the parishes in our diocese and beyond will want to provide this monthly education in their bulletin, something you know they literally copy and paste or insert into the bulletin. And it's going to be some kind of tip around dementia or some kind of tip around aging that has something to do with our Catholic faith. Many things that are uh, dispelling a myth, perhaps, or uh, just something that people are not aware of. So we're hoping that any anybody out there that uh, designs, the, you know, has the decision in what goes into their their parish weekly bulletin will consider doing that on a monthly basis. And these will be on our website. Uh, people can contact me, and it'd be easy uh, easy way to just plop it in there. Thank you so much for that. Let's talk about you have a book signing coming up at Pauline Books and Media. That's just a few weeks away. I'm so glad that your book, Peace with Dementia Rosary, is getting more and more attention because it has helped not only in my family, but so many others as well. Yeah, thank you. Uh, yeah, we're really excited. Uh, we we had done a book signing and talk right before COVID, probably, probably two months before COVID really hit us and things shut down. Mm-hmm. So uh, very grateful um, to Sister Mary Martha and, and her uh, and the sisters for uh, uh, bringing me back. So we're going to start advertising, you know, starting with here. We'll have it on the, we have it on Catholic Community Media website, and then Sister's going to do a lot of marketing um, there in the store. But we're really looking forward to it. I think we had 30 people um, 
in 2020. So we're hoping to have at least that many that time and people will be able to purchase the book from uh, from the Pauline sisters and um, I'll be autographing for those who want that. Wonderful. Well, tell us, so Peace with Dementia Rosary, for those who aren't familiar with your book, because I want to get people to your book signing, kind of give our, our, our listening audience maybe a synopsis of what your book is about. Yeah, so the Peace with Dementia Rosary, the subtitle is Education, Intentions, Community. There's a picture of it uh, right above my, uh, right here on the bookshelf, a tiny picture of that. So, um, so the book is um, dementia education uh, built around the mysteries, the 20 mysteries of the Holy Rosary. So it includes some some gerontology information that's very easy to understand. It has a prayer intention and has an appendix in the back with some worksheets for people to kind of work out some of the things that they're learning to put it actually put it into mm-hmm. practice. And um, a common question is who's the book written for? And I think it's mainly for the caregiver. Uh, to give them some education, but I've heard countless people who are living with dementia, they're in the early stages, they're still able to read, and they appreciate it. They go back and they feel validated because we're talking about things and trying to be a voice, really, for those who are living with dementia. So they they appreciate it. Um, and I'm sure, there's a, I'm sure there's a percentage of professionals that have gone to it that are hopefully incorporating some of that into their practice, at least opening that doorway uh, if they know that they're uh, that they're that their patient and family is Catholic, most definitely. Talk about Matt the support groups that you have coming up on some of the local parishes for those who are maybe interested in attending or hearing a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. So, so two things. The first one is most immediate. So this Thursday coming up, I think this is the sixteenth. Yes, uh, March the sixteenth. We will meet in person at 6 p.m. at Mary Queen of Peace on the West Approach in Mandeville. That's that's a, a monthly group that we started on September 15th of last year. And we meet for 90 minutes. And we, uh, of course, we, you know, we, we say some, we start with prayer, we end with prayer. Um, people can offer updates, ask questions, um, talk about, you know, some challenges they might, might be having, all to get to a solution it's very solution focused um and it's amazing the wisdom that the other caregivers bring and many times they're surprised or they don't realize like they're able to help somebody because they've experienced this before they've been doing this a long time or even somebody who just started you know they have this wisdom uh so i just kind of keep the conversation going i'll kind of verify things here and there answer questions but um, a support group is amazing for that collective wisdom uh, for that prayer and for um, just that fellowship and being with people who get it uh, because other family members that a caregiver speak, uh, may speak with, they're not doing it day in, day out, or they might, might may not be visiting their loved one in an assisted living facility, so they don't see it every day, so they may not get it, but people in the group really get it. And um, yeah. the, uh, the pastor over there previously, Father John's been very supportive, now Father Harry uh, you know, just awesome. They'll stop by and pray with us. And, um, so it's been a real blessing. Great. Well, we have about 45 seconds left. Tell us a little bit about these wonderful rack cards you were telling me a little bit more about. I think they can be very informative to a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, these are, these are hot off the press. These are, uh, three inch by three by nine inch rack of cards. So many times in the North X or in a parish life center, you know, you have a brochure rack or some on a table. Mm-hmm. 
So these were produced for anybody that wouldn't uh, would love to have kind of spread this ministry. So um, so front and back color, uh, the, the team did a really good job on designing these. So if you're interested, if you want you want five of them, if you want 10 of them, let me know. I'll mail them to you and it would just get the word out about all this, all the uh, all that our faith has to offer, especially not just at end of life. This is about aging in right order with God, in, in relationship yeah. with God. It's a good place to start with faithful education. Great. Thank you so much, Matt Estrade, founder of Catholic Aging and author of Peace with Dementia Rosary. You can go to DementiaRosary.com for more information. Matt, thank you so much for being with us today. It's a pleasure. God bless. God bless you. All right. Uh, Monday is moving along, and we're glad you were with us this morning. We're going to wrap up with prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, please help us so that our ideas about how things should be will not cloud our vision of who we are. As we prepare for the approaching Easter, help us to purify ourselves of all egoism, sensuality, vanity, and pride, so that we can accept your love with an open heart. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll catch you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful Monday. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.